Rangers are the black sheep of D&D, and the original player's handbook version of these valiant survivors of the wilderness never quite found their footing mechanically. But the Rangers have seen more tweaks than any other 5e class, and they're now battle-ready as martial survivalists. But how does the improved Ranger, and all their shenanigans that go along with them, pair with other classes? Well, that's what today's video is all about. So why play a Ranger multi-class at all? Especially with all of the caveats I just mentioned about their not-so-great history. Well, with the enhanced edition of the Ranger with all the new optional class features, a Ranger multi-class now offers a beefy amount of hit points, as well as fighting styles, spellcasting, and the favored foe feature that will add, well, a little bit, of additional damage to typically every attack you make. Rangers also uniquely gain access to the powerful Spell Hunter's Mark that can stack yet another damage die onto all other attacks, making a Ranger multi-class kind of appealing. Now, of course, there are some downsides to this. The Ranger class wasn't reworked so many times because it was just so good. Rangers suffered from the situational nature of their core features, and while the revisions have largely fixed that, it's hard to say what Ranger multiclassing does better than other classes. There are, however, some choice synergies we can achieve by taking multiple classes. Even the best multiclass builds will still mean making a multiclass character that foregoes some late-game class features and that has slower progression overall than with a single class, even if you do only dip by one to three levels. A single-class character has more focused, powerful features and faster ranger progression, while a multi-class character will have more versatility and more options. So what class features do we really care about here when it comes to the ranger? We're going to go through a few potential multi-class builds using the ranger, so while not all of the following features will factor into every build, they're all the ranger features we should keep in mind when constructing our ranger. Starting with their hit points, rangers have d10 dice, which is the beefiest you can get, short of a barbarian that is. This means we can use the ranger to gain access to spellcasting and features without sacrificing hit points. And then with Deft Explorer, this is one of the new optional features that replace Natural Explorer, and it's all the better for it. It doesn't provide additional skills, but Deft Explorer now grants double proficiency on a chosen skill, a couple extra languages, and with five ranger levels, it also grants us a fast walking, swimming, and climbing speed. And then with Favored Foe, this class ability uses concentration, which means we can't stack it with Hunter's Mark, which is sad, I know, but it's still basically free damage that will scale up with our ranger levels. Every time we make weapon attacks, they'll gain an extra d4 of damage for free. This is also an offensive option that doesn't take any action, so you can just choose to apply it when you hit with an attack, making it even more free. The ranger also has extra proficiencies, which means they get three new skill proficiencies at the start with a solid class skill list, and in most cases, you'll want to take your first level as a ranger for that extra skill. And then with the ranger fighting styles, just like a fighter, the ranger gains specialized martial capabilities in the form of a fighting style at level 2 that will be integral to some of our builds here. Archery and the dual wield 2 weapon style options are typical choices, but thrown weapon fighting can also be useful for additional attacks with throwing hatchets. Of course, we have to talk about Hunter's Mark. We get Favored Foe already, which is almost like a free downsized version of this unique ranger spell. But the original stuff still matters here, and can add 1d6 whenever we deal attack damage. The big difference is that Hunter's Mark takes a spell level and a bonus action rather than applying automatically like Favored Foe. And then we have Summon Spells. Some of our builds rely on some summon teamwork, and the ranger spell list grants access to almost as many summoning spells now as the druids. And then with archetype features, rangers gain their archetype at third level, and for some of them, it's worth the dip. 
We'll go into each of them later, but for now know that we'll be caring about each ranger subclass and their third level abilities. And now for the part of this video most of you have been waiting for, the multi-class builds. There are all sorts of ways to multi-class, and you won't be wrong for making whatever you like here, especially with the newfound versatility that the Ranger has. However, the following multi-class options combine some synergistic features that kind of make them a bit more optimized. First, we have the Shubbug Druid Ranger. Right off the bat, Druid and Ranger levels complement each other quite well. They're both wisdom-based spellcasting classes and are even quite similar thematically. We're going for something a bit more specific and sneakier, though with a fair share of utility options. Here we plan to make Druid our primary class, with Ranger as the strong secondary class. The core idea is to use the Ranger's Swarmkeeper archetype ability to shove creatures we attack into powerful damaging area of effect spells we cast using our Druid levels. Many of the most damaging Druid spells utilize static areas of effect that become useless once the enemy moves out of them. Why not have your bug friends shove them back inside of it, though? That's kind of the whole appeal of this. To accomplish this, we need a minimum of three ranger levels to take the Swarmkeeper archetype. And while it's partially effective with even a single druid level, it really turns on once we hit three druid levels to take the Circle of the Land archetype for the additional spellcasting options and to get up to boosted second level druid spells. This means that the build starts showing full effectiveness at our sixth class level. And for a final split, expect to go 7 levels Ranger and 13 levels Druid. For our ability scores, we want to prioritize first Wisdom and Dexterity, with a secondary consideration given to Constitution, which is convenient since these are the stats most Druids and Rangers want to begin with. Due to the metal armor restrictions at the Druid class, we're locked out of heavy armor and will most likely be stuck wearing light armor or very bad medium armor. If your DM allows it, there can be non-metal armors though that can provide you with better defensive options. For the fighting style we gain from our ranger levels, we want to choose archery and should be wielding a longbow along with a druidic spell focus. With the circle of the land archetype, choose Underdark as your land, as it grants us some of the nastier area of effect spells not normally available to druids like Cloud Kill and Stinking Cloud. The, lots of clouds. The swamp option is also attractive and is worth considering for Acid Arrow. So, how does this all work? Simply put down a nasty area of effect spell, such as Moonbeam, Flaming Sphere, Stinking Cloud, or anything else that hurts enemies for standing in it or near it. If we get high enough for a 7th level spell slot, I recommend Whirlwind for the devastating damage and restraint potential. Each offensive option has its own strengths and weaknesses, but our main goal is to have a nasty spot on the map we can keep shoving the target into. With the Swarm Keeper feature it gains at 3rd level Gathered Swarm, we can also have our bugs shove up to one target we hit every turn up to 15 feet. Now with our longbow at the ready and keeping concentration on our spell, we can just keep shoving our target back into the spell while shooting them with a buffed up arrow to boot. And then we have the Monk on the Range build. Ranger damage features trigger on every attack, and out of the Martial classes the Monk has access to the most attacks. If you combine the martial ability of the monk with the reworked favored foe, it makes even a single level of ranger dip a very tempting option for monks now. Making monk your primary class with just a minor level dip into ranger as a secondary class can make for some powerful characters. Favored foe allows you to mark an enemy that you hit, and while marked, every attack you do deals 1d4 extra damage. For monks with all their additional attacks, this essentially doubles their damage output at early levels, and that additional damage will add up fast when you're dishing out 3-4 to four attacks in a single round. Unarmored defense will likely also push us past the armor class we'd be getting from medium armor, or will at least be on par with our other defensive options. 
Unarmored defense goes off our dexterity and our constitution bonus, which we wanted high in the first place. You can also consider taking a second ranger level to gain access to a fighting style, dueling typically being the best option for the monk dip, and the Hunter's Mark spell for a somewhat upgraded version of Favored Foe. Hunter's Mark functions in most of the same ways, except it will cost you a bonus action for the initial spell rather than being applied for free as part of the hit, and it adds an additional d6 damage instead of the d4. And then we have the Gloom Assassin. The goal of this build is to create an invisible darkness assassin rogue who can one-shot targets for maximum damage with a longbow from hundreds of feet away before disappearing into the night. To accomplish this, we need three levels of ranger specifically to pick up the Gloom Stalker Ranger archetype, and its third level features Dread Ambusher and Umbral Sight. Then our remaining 17 levels go into Rogue as our primary class, not only for the assassin archetype, but also as much sneak attack as we can manage. You can consider a fourth level in Ranger to pick up the ability score increases, but keep in mind that you will lock yourself out of the powerful Death Strike feature that would otherwise be your capstone. First, we want to make our dexterity as high as possible, with secondary considerations for wisdom and constitution. We also want to take the archery fighting style for a bit of extra damage. We're going stealthy here, so when you pick your skill proficiencies and your expertise from your rogue feature, make sure to pick stealth for one of them. It's also highly recommended that you go with a race that provides dark vision. Our umbral sight feature will provide it anyway, but if we already had it, the range improves, which is definitely favorable for sniping. Here's how it works. Assassinate gives us advantage on attack rolls against a surprised or unaware target, and turns a hit against such a target into a critical hit automatically. Dread Ambusher gives us a bonus to initiative rolls equal to our wisdom modifier, making it more likely that we go first even if we're not actually ambushing and tosses in a free d8 of damage for our first attack in combat, which is conveniently doubled for criticals. We also have Favored Foe adding an extra d4, also doubled on crits, or if we have the time, a Hunter's Mark can give us a d6, conveniently also doubled, and we can easily make sure that we get advantage so long as it's dark using Umbral Sight, which is worded oddly, but it essentially turns us invisible so long as it would normally be too dark to see us, which grants us advantage on all of our attacks. And then we have the Stampede Master. This build is all about getting the maximum number of animal friends together and keeping them healed while they completely swarm whatever dare to enrage the forest. This is not quite like the fabled Menagerie build that's out there, but kind of a bit more of a functional uh, version or idea of that. It's a complex build that kicks off at 7th character level, consisting of 3 Ranger levels, 3 Druid levels, and 1 Cleric level. The build then caps off with Druid Levels as our primary class for a final build of 16 Druid Levels, 3 Ranger Levels, and 1 Cleric Level. All three classes are spellcasting classes, meaning you'll have additional spellcasting options galore. All the classes involved rely on Wisdom for their spellcasting ability, and we're planning on concentrating on a lot of spells, so Constitution should be our next highest ability score. We want these scores as high as possible, so prepare to spend your ability score increases here rather than on feats. The druid levels mess with our ability to wear armor, but you should still be able to use medium armor if you're really lucky your DM will let you use some non-metal better armors, but the cleric archetype we're taking doesn't provide heavy armor proficiency anyway. To make this work, we want to take the peace domain for our one cleric level, and we want the drake warden ranger archetype, and for our druid levels, we want to take the circle of the shepherd. The Peace Domain gives us the Emboldening Bond feature at level 1, that sort of acts like a Mass Bless. What this does is it gives a number of creatures equal to your proficiency bonus a d4 bonus that they can add to their attack rolls, checks, and saving throws. 
This will be key to pushing the combat effectiveness of all of our creatures over the top. And since it only cares about proficiency bonus and not levels of cleric, we only need the one level to get all of the benefits. If you want some more healing, on second level it will grant you a strong channel divinity option that heals for 2d6 plus your wisdom modifier. I'd personally only take the single level, but the channel divinity is worth considering. We also pick up some extra spells that we can devote to cures or damage spells like Guiding Bolt. If you want more healing and utility options over pure martial options, you can also consider taking the Life Domain over the Peace Domain. Unkidded Cleric healing is good enough as it is, but the Life Domain grants us a consistent extra healing with barely any levels of Cleric. I personally like the Peace Domain here as a more consistent offensive option, but Life Domain is also a valid choice. Next, the Drake Warden archetype gives us an awesome little dragon companion that's arguably the best companion animal in the game, second only to the Battlesmith Artificer. You can command it using a bonus action rather than an action, making it infinitely better than the Beastmaster archetype that you'd naturally think would fit this build. Your little dragon also has a reaction ability called Infuse Strikes, which lets it add 1d6 elemental damage to any friendly creature's attack within 30 feet. This makes your drake your personal guard that can add to combat while staying next to you away from combat. Finally, the core of our creature summoning power comes from our druid levels. For a start, with the optional rules, druids get a familiar now. Familiars are more powerful than they seem, and while direct attacks from them are pretty wimpy, they can deliver touch spells for you or use the help action to grant advantage against a target. Next, the Circle of the Shepherd grants us a quite frankly bonkers feature called Spirit Totem that lets us summon a magical buffing spirit as a bonus action. It has several options, but the one we care about here is the Bear Spirit, which grants any number of allies within its 60-foot radius a number of temporary hit points equal to 5 plus your druid levels. And yes, this does include our summoned creatures. So for the low price of a bonus action, we can often add somewhere in the neighborhood of 100 temporary hit points to the battlefield spread across all of our beasts. And speaking of beasts, we need to summon some of those. Thankfully, with our druid levels, we have access to the best summoning spells in the game, including summon beasts to conjure animals and conjure woodland beings. Make sure in particular when you gain third level spells to pick conjure animals as it's extremely powerful for the level. And now putting all this together, let's say you're level 9, 3 ranger, 5 druid, and 1 cleric. And at the start of combat, you cast conjure animals to summon 8 wolves and your bonus action to summon your bear spirit totem. You are now controlling 11 creatures, 8 wolves, your familiar, your drake, and yourself. All of which just gains a 10 temporary hit points. So you just added 110 hit points between all of them. And up to 4 of them have a d4 blessing on their attacks, not to mention the wolves all have pack tactics. On each round, you'll be able to make 10 attacks, 9 of which with advantage on attack rolls, 8 pack tactics, and 1 help action from the familiar. Every attack action blows the action economy just completely out of the water, and even if the attacks are weak, they'll all add up. Though I feel like I should mention, do this with caution and be prepared for a very flustered, if not angry, DM, because you're basically becoming a whole adventuring party just for you. So if you can, try to implore some of your own metagame tactics that might make your rolls quicker, like rolling your d20, your attack dice at the same time, that kind of thing. You will be taking up a lot of time if you go with this build, so I just advise, read the room. I've done a lot of multi-class videos at this point, and I have to say, this is the one when I was reading through the script after it all. I kind of think this is the one I would recommend to people more readily than other multi-class builds. There just seems to be a lot of great role-playing opportunities for all of the different builds that we just went through, and 
I think this one is a bit more involved uh, the entire time that you're building them. At least most of the builds we talked about are more involved. Thank you guys so much for watching. I really appreciate it. Be sure to like and subscribe because we put out new videos like this every week. And if you're going to be making a Ranger multi-class character or one of the builds that we just talked about, I would love to hear about your character down in the comments. Thanks again for watching. My name is Patrick Ferguson from Skull Splitter Dice, and until next time, farewell.